You're listening to a Count Out Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to the episode, the review of AEW Full Gear. <laughs> Cracking up a cold one to start open the show. I am joined. Nice. Thank you. By my guest today, Mikey Manfredi. Um, Mikey, how are you doing, buddy? It sounds like you had a rough day. <laughs> so, if you crack a cold one in one yard and you put milkshakes in the other, which one will the boys go to? I think it depends who's cracking the cold ones. Because if it's Stone Cold Steve Austin, you know I'm there. If it's, you know, Rikishi at the milkshakes, I'm also there. <laughs> Mikey, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. I'm doing very good. I'm very excited for this review. Uh, full gear was kind of buck wild. Um, and I'm ready to talk about it. Yeah, we're, we're doing this. This is a part of the System Check family of products. <laughs> Let's get real branded oriented over here. This is part of the System Check, system check family here. Uh, I, for right off the bat, I should say, apologies to all the listeners at home. I So, Mikey, I planned on getting an episode out on Friday slash Saturday morning for Full Gear, right? Mm-hmm. And my computer is a butthole. Oh, that's um, not nice. Depending, so I'll say this like depending on how you're he- listening to this audience, you can figure out how butthole ish my computer is. But uh, that's sort of a we'll find out in post, sort of thing. Yeah, so like my computer is really slow and really bad. And it we aren't write files sure really well. yet. No, we don't know if this will be a good episode recording wise or not. Um, so so I, I was you know planning on doing that. I had the episode recorded, I start editing. Five minutes in, it starts dropping my audio. Great. And it does that every 30 seconds for the rest of the recording. Yikes. Yeah. So I'm like, dang it. I have to re-record it. So I start re-recording it. I listen to it. Same thing happens. Uh, At that point, I had to leave. I had some familial things I had to do. So at that point, I couldn't get an episode out. I tweeted out. Um Familial stuff has ended. My dad was in this weekend. He's my dad coming in from Maryland, coming over to Georgia this weekend. He left today, uh, which is Monday, and um, you know, had to, then I watched Full Gear, and now I'm recording this. And because it's going to come out tomorrow, this is going to be part of System Check, folks. That's why you're listening to it now. We're going to do a review of Full Gear right now. AEW's Full Gear that kicked off in our, uh, I was going to say hometown, but really just my hometown of Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, Mikey. I thought the show. I thought the show was pretty good. I thought it was a solid, top-down pay-per-view. Um, you'll see in my ratings uh, how I felt I got it even more, I guess. But I felt it, overall the show was very solid, um, with of course some controversial moments, which we'll talk about. But Mikey, what are your grand overview thoughts of AEW's Full Gear? Oh, I thought it was a great show. I had a great time watching it. Um, I. I watched part of it in my car on the way to Taco Bell. 
uh, it was pretty lit. So it was a good time overall, I guess, in that sense, because Taco Bell full gear, they go hand in hand, really. Okay, so I was watching full gear, and it was just after the opening match, and I was like, dang, I'm kind of hungry. What match is next? Can I afford missing it for now? And then I'll watch it again later. And it was like, Hagman versus Pac. Well, can't can't miss this. So I <laughs> can't miss this eleven month rivalry. <laughs> so I just put. I was like, well, I can't miss this, but also I was like, dang, I'm still pretty hungry. And I had ordered Taco Bell on my on the app, and it was like, as soon as the match was about to start, I was like, Pac was making his entrance, and I got a, I got a text. It's like your order is ready, and I was like, well, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so I put so it. Just... I put BR live on my phone. And then ran out the door, and I watched it on my phone in the drive-thru of Taco Bell for a little while, and then I got back home on time before before the match ended. I love it. I love I love I love that story so much. <laughs> well, let's get into it. Let's go match by match down the card and talk about you know give our give our meatball ratings or star ratings um, to each individual match, Mikey, and give our thoughts about what happened, how the match was. And you know where things are, things may be going. So we'll start off with the buy-in, of course. You know that sort of preview show, which uh, only had one match on it, and that match was Doctor Britt Baker DMD defeating B Priestley, none other, with the Lockjaw. Mikey, thoughts on this match? Um. Well, I thought honestly, I thought it was um, Britt's best match yet, and I very much enjoyed it. I thought it went. I thought it went really well. Um, like I don't think it. I thought it was clean. Sure, it was a little slow pace. It was a little slower than I thought it was going to be. But um, all in all, it was pretty solid. Yeah, I think I would agree with that. I it, I think I would agree that it might have been Brit's best match. And it's tough to say because she hasn't had a lot of one on one matches. Mm-hmm. Um, in AEW, I mean, looking at her record, she is. Oh, I guess actually she's three and one. Uh, but one of those is a fatal four way. Um, so it's sort of you know room for improvement. But I, I think this is definitely better than her Reho match. That being said, I think Britt Baker still needs improvement in terms of the ring quality. Um, I think B Priestley sort of was the for me the shining star of this match. I think she came off really well. Britt also really came off really well, and she came off much better than she usually does. Um, there's usually some mistakes in there, but uh, she definitely uh, did better in this match. Better prepared for this match. I'm definitely um, surprised Britt won. How well, how do you how do you mean? I definitely thought they were gonna go with a uh, a B Priestley win. Uh, for. To, I, I I didn't think it was I didn't think this was going to be the end of the rivalry, you know. I I'm sort of the reverse on that. I I was totally okay, like logically, for Brit to win, and it's not because I thought of it beforehand, but afterwards I was like, well, thinking about it, this match rivalry was probably not supposed to happen if you think about it, right? Like they like you know the rumors are that AEW has like a year's worth of storylines written, so like. This match really came about because of a concussion that happened in a one match. Yeah. And so then and then maybe that's why it's on the buy-in, right? So yeah, like that's fair. I was just sort of like sitting there thinking, I was like, maybe that's why this match wasn't that important according to AEW. Like it's only on the buy-in, you know, it's ju- it was just cuz it came about as the result of other matches. 
I mean, to be fair, we did get the uh, the golden line from B Priestley. Could you give me a little rendition of that? You're a fucking dentist. <laughs> oh, my God. Just beautiful. Just beautiful all around. Very good. Well, with this win, Britt Baker becomes 3-1 and one in singles competition, while B Priestley earns her first loss in singles competition, B Priestley never having a singles match to begin with. If we're looking at the ranking, the Ocelot ranking system here, Mikey, Britt Baker, number two out of 19 women, while B Priestley drops to 17 out of 19. Yikes. Yeah, B Priestley uh, doesn't have a lot of wins. Like, if you think about it, B Priestley is not, like, really a, a sizable threat in AEW. She she do, she lost this match, which is her only singles match. She mm-hmm. won one tag match and lost the other two and hasn't had a, trip, a trios match yet. She's one in three overall. Yikes. So, you know, B, B Priestley not doing much. She's not really much of a threat here but Britt baker uh got the win here which is good i thought so so i thought the match was good uh i thought it was you know it wasn't my favorite of the net of the night um but i definitely thought it was good uh i thought it was solid like you said i think it was the best brit match i think b maybe led her to that a little bit more i i think Britt still needs some more work in the ring she definitely has a good promo but it's just like come on Britt, you you, you got it um just keep just keep doing your thing you you gotta learn you have adam cole there to help you so just you know utilize that championship material and get you to the dance yeah um but i think i i think she's 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 improving it's just i'm worried she's not like champion material yet if that makes sense yeah um, but I overall, I gave this match a three out of five, five meatballs, Mikey, three out of five meatballs. What did you give it? Yeah. Three out of five. It sounds pretty good. It was entertaining, but it wasn't like, it wasn't, it didn't pop. <laughs> yeah. It didn't stand out. It wasn't like a standout match. It was just sort of like, yeah, they had a match, you know, good stuff. Yeah. Uh, and no, nothing horrendously terrible. Nothing horrendously amazing, horrendously amazing. <laughs> nothing terrifically, uh, <laughs> terrific, terrifically amazing. Perfect. Nailed it. Um, but yeah, uh, you know, solid match. Mm-hmm. Let's move on down the card. Opening up full gear, Mikey, we had Proud and Powerful, the team of Santana and Ortiz, the two inner circle members, defeating the Young Bucks, Matt and Nick Jackson in tag team action. What did you think of this match, Mikey? It almost feels like the entirety of the Elite is going through a redemption arc. <laughs> hmm. Can you can you expound on that? I'm I'm thinking about it as a. It's like it's like an it's like they're anime protagonists. <laughs> think about okay. it. Think about it. Think about it. And they were really really good at what they do, and then they get cocky, and they start losing, start losing, kind of lose themselves a little bit, and I feel like we're going to get comeback stories for both of them. We're going to get that redemption arc, you know, like this is the beginning of the redemption arc where they start losing who they are. Mm-hmm. And then something's going to click and they're going to be, they're going to be dead serious again. And it's going to be awesome. I mean, in thinking about it, uh, Adam page was the only elite member with a victory. Yeah. Uh, everyone else failed to win their matches and even more thinking about it. 
Cody made reference to a little IP that he owns that his dad created called War Games. Um, oh, boys. Made reference to the match beyond. Uh, so we could, if you're talking about that redemption arc, you're talking about maybe the climax happening in a war game style match. Elite versus inner circle war games. <sighs> Whoa. Yeah, there's, Whoa. there's potential, but let's not, let's not get it too far ahead. We're talking proud and powerful versus young bucks. I thought this was a good match. I thought it was a solid opener. I expected, I'll be honest. I did expect more from this match. Going into it, I thought, you know, I thought it'd be more blow away for me. Um, I, I, you know, I think, you know, obviously on paper, this match should be like one of the best matches in history of a history. Mm-hmm. But like it wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, it was just like, okay, cool. I think it was what it did bring, obviously, was solid ring psychology with the whole shin uh, bad bum leg that Nick Jackson got. They were definitely sort of, it sort of had that Lucha Bros Young Bucks thing where like, the like young bucks like have a do a good way of like um saying like oh we're the same footing because we'll do the same things so like lucha bros and the young bucks do like the same moves and stuff um lax or not lax proud and powerful and young bucks do the same sort of things throwing people over the barricade attacking body part you know just you know being on top of things I don't know. I, I I thought it was a good match. I gave it three and a half stars, Mikey. What were your what was your review of this match? Yeah, uh three and a half stars sounds right to me. Uh it was it was good. It was a young bucks match. There was some high flying spots, there was some crazy spots, there was just a lot of things going on in general. Um, which is what I've come to expect in an AEW Young Bucks match. Um and there was one point where Ortiz almost dove out of his pants, and that was really funny. <laughs> I love Ortiz. I think Ortiz brings a real energy to these matches that is just fun and fun to go off of. His super kick cell. We cannot skip this match without talking about that. His super kick cell was so funny. He's just he's just great. He's just he's just the life of the party. Honestly, I agree. I'm there for Ortiz. Um, yes, so this win, looking at the records, this win brings Young Bucks to 3-3 three and three in tag team action while, while Proud and Powerful are 2-0, and o, which is very impressive. Of course, one of those being a win over the Beaver Boys, so in like a job match. So I guess that one's not, into the weight of it, it's not as impressive. But either way, uh, this means Proud and Powerful are number two ranked overall, while Young Bucks are number three ranked overall. Cool. And if anyone d- disagrees with that, stop listening to AEW's official rankings. They're nonsense and don't make any sense. Yikes. Uh, that's my hot take. That's all I was going to talk about earlier in the episode that doesn't exist. Big but, yikes, uh, bro. No, yeah. The only one that's official, Mikey, is the men's ranking because I 100% got that correct. Nice. Uh, with Ocelot rankings. Everything else, Emi Sakura is number one. I don't care if she pinned the champion. She shouldn't be a win she shouldn't be number one there's people in that list that have better wins like more wins than her yeah that was weird to me but yeah we'll get to that match later i guess but yeah uh three and a half stars good match a solid opener right you know yeah definitely got me pumped for the rest of the pay-per-view i think aew's had better openers you know i i look back to what double or nothing with scu versus strong hearts mm-hmm 
uh, I was just like, you know, that's that that was a solid opener, you know. But uh, it, 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 for me, this show, if I really paint the picture moving forward, Mikey, to me, this show was like started out solid, ramped up, dipped a little bit, then ramped back up. Yeah, that sounds right. And the, and the baseline being good, really. Yeah, definitely. The baseline was like, de- it was like perfectly decent. You know, you know what was cool? Being able to go to sleep after watching Full Gear and not being pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess if if you if you looked at the main event, the unsanctioned match in the right light, some people agree with you. It's just like, damn, you know? No, yeah. It, you compare this to Hell in a Cell where, like, everyone was angry. Or any WWE pay-per-view in general that's there who, that, that constantly disappoints. It's just like, there's always something. There's always going to be something. Like, it's it's really great not going to bed having, like, being angry that Brock Lesnar showed up or something, you know? <laughs> Like I was, I was to continue. What we were talking about. I was talking. I was talking to my dad about all elite wrestling recently, and he was like, "What's the difference between all elite wrestling and WWE?" And my word was my adjective I used for it was like, "I was like all elite wrestling is satisfying." Um, yeah. You know, it's not, maybe you know not every match is the greatest. You know, there's still a lot of you know people. I think the women's division still needs a lot of fine tuning and some work. But you know, uh, you know, tag teams maybe take up way too much of the slot. I personally, you know, it's not like perfect. It's not awful. It's satisfying. Like I go to, I watch the show for two hours on Wednesdays, and I feel great coming out of it. I don't feel like I wasted my time. I watch mm-hmm. the pay per view, and I'm like, this was great. This was solid. I'm not upset about this. Everything makes sense to me personally. Yeah. And that's how that's how I feel about all all elite wrestling. That's that's the best feeling because it's like it's like all right, we did like it's like we damn we did spend fifty dollars on this, so it's good it's good that like we came out and we were like all right, pretty good, you know. Like, yeah, I think worth, money well spent fifty I bucks. Agree. I like, think worth worth it for sure. Yeah, let's keep moving on down the card, of course. Adam Page versus Pac in this match, like we said, Adam Page, the only member of the elite who got uh, a victory. Yes, my Taco Bell match. This match, of course, sponsored by Taco Bell. <laughs> if you're hungry late at night, try the Doritos Locos Tacos. The or f- new new to the table, new to the crunch, as it were. The fourth we got the we got the, the fourth s- meal fatal four way. The fourth meal fatal four way sponsored by Taco Bell. The fourth meal the fourth meal way. Uh, when you want that extra crunch, why don't you bite into a, a, a nacho grande box? The fatal, with, the fatal fourth meal. Wait, the fatal fourth meal. Where if you eat this, if you eat this, you'll die. <laughs> you'll go to the bathroom and never be seen again. Anyway, anyways, Adam Page defeated Pac in this match. Uh, Pac's first singles loss in AEW. Not only that, but. Uh, Adam Page able to get out of the brutalizer, the only person that has been able to. Yeah, he had a, a similar spot to how Pac put away Kenny Omega. Adam Page being able to get that rope break, 
pull out the victory with a couple lariats and clotheslines and end up in the dead eye to pick up the victory and defeat Pac and give him his first singles loss since uh, Dragon Gate where he lost the title. So uh, big, big things coming out of this match. Mikey, thoughts on this? Uh, this match was awesome. I had a really good time watching it. Uh, it was really entertaining. There was a lot of good spots. There was, it was, this was quite a wrestling match. Let me tell you. Yeah, this, this was like top down, just like solid professional wrestling. Yeah. And good that's, story. That's what made it so enjoyable. It was like, it was like all the, it was like everything you want out of a professional wrestling match. Like there was like, it's like some guys getting body slammed. There was a lot of storytelling. There was a lot of high flying moves. It's like everything. There were like callbacks to previous matches. Exactly, it hit all the notes of what you want out of a wrestling match. Yeah, I, I would say so. Would you say this was a satisfying end to this rivalry? I think so. I like. I like. Uh, page finally getting his uh his due diligence i guess and now are you upset that we're going to get a fourth match on aew dynamite on wednesday i'm not because i know these two could put on a good show um and i'm assuming it's gonna get interrupted by something you know that's fair who if you were to make a guess on who will be interrupted by what's what would be your guess part of me Probably the inner circle, but that seems obvious. Just because they're just because of the way they're trying to take down the elite, you know. I have a guess, but, but we'll all, get to that. We'll get that guess later. If you, I was want gonna it. say, but also MJF. Ooh, you think MJF? Interesting. I think MJF could could possibly be uh, an interference in this match, okay. going after have, all of Cody's friends. I have my. Ooh, that's a good storyline. I like that. But we have a, I have a guess, and I'm going to hold off until later, okay. and I'll reveal that later. But uh, talking about this match, of course, Adam Page is now number three, and out of 24, Pac is number five. Um, so good on Page. So mm-hmm. he's, you know, um, he's realistically with Cody out of the picture. Uh, Adam Page is next in line for a title shot at Chris Jericho. Nice. If uh, Chris Jericho accepts, I would imagine no. So we would go right down to the list to John Moxley. Uh, that was the case. Pac is now three, one and one, while Adam Page is three and two. Uh, if I have this written down correctly, um, in singles matches. Um, so yeah, so so I think good on Pac, good on Adam Page. What was your meatball rating for this matchup, Mikey? Uh, th- I I gave this one a uh, four and a half. I really liked it. Ooh, big big boy throwing at the big boy stars. What are you what are you, Mave Delts over here? Mave Delts, baby. Mikey, when you eventually become a commentator, can you can you have your professional wrestling name be Mave Delts? Mave Delts. I'll be that I'll 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 only work my shoulders from now on. Please do. I gave this a three point seven five. I didn't cr- exactly crack the four. You're right. I, I, I you're you're I it's hard because you're right in saying that every single um, this was like the perfect wrestling match in the sense that it had like everything you wanted in it. But for some reason, I still gave it a 3.75. And I think that might be due to the fact that like 
this rivalry has been going on for 11 months. Yeah. Like if this if this feud was shortened, tightened a little bit, and of course, you know, we had to work around Dragon Gate, we had to work around the AEW Championship, we had to work around some things. But if we could just shorten this feud a little bit, I think I would have felt like this was a bigger win. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, but you know, still a good match overall. Um, let's keep moving down. Let's. We got next up Joey Janela uh, versus Sean Spears. With Sean Spears picking up the victory. Uh, very interesting matchup. Very innovative matchup. I guess you could say, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I, I thought this was a good match. I thought I liked this match. I thought it was solid. Uh, like I said, like, you know, baseline was three. No, nothing ever became below a three. I thought this was a solid match. Um, I liked. Uh, I like Sean, some people don't like Sean Spears in AEW, and I think maybe it's you know maybe because he's a heel, maybe because whatever. Um, I liked I like Sean Spears in this matchup. Um, I, that use of the uh, tag rope for the hair tie uh, was awesome. Very Janelle, interesting. Janela lost a pretty good chunk of hair. That was is a sizable chunk. Um, plus, you know, the whole pile driver with uh, Tully Blanchard being involved. I thought that was a great spot. Overall, I thought it was a good match. Mikey, what were your thoughts? Yeah, I thought it was a good, good, solid match. Um, I. I hope this rivalry continues because I actually really like it. Uh, and I think Tully getting involved makes that like makes that more real. Mm-hmm. Um, because I would like to see Joey Janela in like a real rivalry to actually, and I want to see him honestly want to see him come out on top. Yeah, it's very interesting. Uh, uh, Joey Janela doesn't have a lot of victories in this promotion, in this AEW, but yet he's constantly perceived as like he's like, oh yeah, he's he's a th- incredible threat. It feels right. Like he's so he, over. He's so he's so over. over. He's so over, and he just goes out there and just showcases his amazing talents and feats. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, looking at the rankings, Sean Spears with this victory, Mikey shoots up the rankings. Really. Uh, he's at six overall out of twenty-four. Crazy. While uh, Joey Janela is twenty-four out of twenty-four. Yikes. No, yeah, Joey Janela is bottom of my ranking list. Some people have him different, slottedly differently. There's, you know, shouts out to Craig from Pro Wrestling Musings. There's some people that have him slotted differently based on stuff. But Joey Janela, I mean, his he has not. He's lost a lot of matches. You know, he hasn't won a lot of matches. I think the only one. The only singles match he has a win in is Brandon Cutler, which, you know, it's Brandon Cutler, so it's not like that was a huge win for him. You know, if he, if he could have beaten anyone, it was Sean Spears. Uh, but I do want to give props to also the AEW's booking, Mikey. As I was watching this match, I was thinking about this rivalry in conjunction, in context of, through the lens of John Moxley and Kenny Omega. Mm-hmm. Like, this is like... What was it? Episode two of AEW was Sean Spears versus John Moxley. Um, Joey Janela faced Sean. Uh, Joey Janela faced John Moxley in the first ever unsanctioned match at Fighter Fest. Kenny Omega faced John Mox. Uh, Kenny Omega faced Joey Janela in an unsanctioned match on AEW Dark later on AEW TV. Uh, and then, uh, you know, Sean Spears uh, and Joey Janela start feuding as well. Um, so it seems like a Sean Spears-Kenny Omega match is in order. Um, we just got to wait for that day to happen, I guess. 
But yeah, I thought it was a good match, Mikey. What's your meatball rating? Yeah, I'm going to give it a three. thought it was good, solid wrestling. Uh, there were some twists here and there. Uh, and as much as I hate to see Janela take another loss, I think it was a good way to end the match with uh, Tully getting involved. Yeah, I, I gave it a three as well. You know, it, same thing. It, it, it hit Tully being involved sort of saves face a little bit um, for Joey Janela. It's weird. I, like I said, he doesn't. He had. If you're looking at through the records, Joey Janela has is not a threat at all. He loses all these matches, but at the same time, I feel like like he always looks good coming out of these matches. Like even in loss, he still looks good. He's still over. I feel like he gets over and over more. Like he's like. Losses are better for him somehow in AEW. Because you, you just want to see him win. Like, you just want to see him get the nice big, like a big win, you know? Not just like against Brandon Cutler. <laughs> I don't know when that win's going to happen uh, or where it's going to happen, but it's hopefully going to happen eventually. Yeah. Uh, and, and moving on, Mikey, I want to touch on this. It was around this moment in the show. It's either before or after. I don't quite remember. I didn't have it written down. But uh, we got a promo, backstage promo with Kip Sabian. Uh, mm-hmm. And also where he's joined also by uh, Penelope Ford, where he talks about how he's officially sort of aligning himself with the hybrid two, TH2. And, of course, officially Penelope Ford on TV. Um, in what was called, what do I have? It was written down, I have, the Super Bad Squad. Interesting. Yes, I don't know if you remember much about that promo because it was just like, oh, cool, like a promo. But the only thing I remember is Tennille Dashwood cheating on Joey Janela. You mean Penelope Ford? That's what I. That's what I meant. Why did I say Tennille? What the fuck? Where did that come from? <laughs> I don't know. That came from a recess in your mind somewhere. Where did that name come from? But yeah, so apparently we have the Super Bad Squad forming. TH2, Kip Sabian, and Penelope Ford, all based around the fact that, you know, why be bad when you could be super bad? And uh, people that feel underappreciated in AEW. That's sort of the basis of the super bad squad. So, Mikey, I was thinking, and I'll bring in sort of a callback here. I was thinking, of course, you look at the inner circle, you look at Elite, right? Mm -hmm. There are your main eventers. There's your tag team guys. There are your uh, elite doesn't have a woman, but I guess you could sort of say Brandy Rose was kind of affiliated with him at one point. Not really yeah. anymore. But just remember the Brandy Rose awesome Kong spot. We'll talk about that later after this. Yeah, that was it, that was interesting. Um, you know, so so there's, we get we get some women competitors in there as well. Uh, Superbad Squad has Kip Sabian, TH2, and Penelope Ford. Do you think there will be a new person to join the Super Bad Squad and to be one of those like main eventers? Because I don't think Kip Sabian is going to be like the main eventer of Super Bad Squad, right? No, I don't... honestly, you know who would fit really well in the Super Bad Squad? Who is that? Sammy Guevara. Yeah, I mean, but the problem with that is I think he's too associated with uh, Kip circle. Sabian. I mean, oh, oh yeah. That too. No, you're right. It's just like I don't know, who else would who else would be a good addition to that squad that's like a main that's like a main eventer. Maybe. This is gonna be me throwing my hat in the ring. We're talking about Adam Page versus Pac. Who comes in to interfere? None other than the Superbad squad and Pac 
Pac becomes the new leader of said squad. You think so? I don't know. I don't know, man. I feel like Pac's kind of a lone wolf kind of guy. Yeah, but he's a guy with a chip on his shoulder, just like the rest of the Superbad squad. He's a guy that sort of feels underappreciated in AEW, right? Yeah. So, to me, logically, it makes sense. I think it's a weird pairing. Uh, however, you know, with Jack Evans, there's a little bit of that uh, Dragon Gate connection. Uh, and Helico is is great. Penelope Ford, Kip Sabre. I think it's sort of great. Of anyone, I don't. It's never going to be Moxley. I don't see him a part of anything. No. In terms of like factions, um, you know, do we see ourselves saying Sean Spears a part of it? Probably maybe. not. Um, maybe MJF. No, that doesn't feel right. He's not a super bad squad guy. No. Um. Plus, if we just want to shorten it, we can call it the SS and then <laughs> just piss off. Uh, <laughs> just make it really uh, not great historically. Great. Perfect. Yeah, just get a bunch of branded stuff, you know, called the SS, and we just sell it on sell it online. I mean, Darby Allen, you know, I list I can list off a list of names for you, Bikey. Uh, Darby I was Allen. Thinking Darby Allen, but he's so over as a face right now that I think that wouldn't be good. Yeah, uh, Jimmy Havoc. Uh, uh, we J- we don't know what's going on with Jimmy Havoc. Yeah, uh, P- Joey Janela would be very awkward. QT hey, Marshall, no. Hey, Dustin, but, no. But. Now, uh, Excalibur is uh, 1-0 at AEW. Excalibur? When did Excalibur win a match? He beat he beat Jimmy Havoc. What, 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 hold on, what? What are you talking about? Ryan, it's a joke, Ryan. I don't remember these jokes. I don't get it, the reference. You did, you not heard about this? Mm-mm. That, what, they, that, uh, like... The bunch of cast from uh, AEW went out drinking the night, like a few nights before, uh, uh, full gear, and Jim and Jimmy Havoc got super drunk and tried to beat up Excalibur, and Excalibur had to choke him out. I didn't hear about this, and at that all. happened, and that ha- that all happened in front of Tony Khan. That's awesome. That's why I Jimmy said Havoc. I don't know, I don't know what's going on with Jimmy Havoc after that, but. That's fine. Jimmy Havoc hasn't been any sort of anything in this promotion, honestly. And now everyone, everyone's posting a picture just like Excalibur, want to know. Yeah, I mean, Jimmy Havoc hasn't been like, he's been like a non-star in this promotion. If he was gone tomorrow, I'd be like, sure, okay. But like, that yeah. happened in like real life. That wasn't even like kayfabe like that. Like, he just did that. That's awesome. Good job, Excalibur. Good on you. Uh... Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, so it's talking about the super bad squad, Mikey. I my pick is Pac. Throw Pac into that squad, you know, make it pretty cool. Give him, you know, give him a big main eventer status. Um, make it a real threat. Formation of a new team with Pac of part of it. I like it. I like it. I I I like. I I do agree that Pac has a lone wolf vibe, but I think you have to attribute that more to John Moxley than Pac. It feels. Mm-hmm. And say chip on your shoulder more to Pac. Let's let's deliberate by that extent. I guess you could say. Yeah. Um, but yes. But going back all the way back to the buy-in after that B Priestley Britt Baker match, Awesome Kong and um, uh, what's her name, Brandy Rhodes came out, uh, attacked B Priestley, 
and then took out a knife and cut out a part of her hair. Mikey, what do you think about that? Uh, that was interesting. When when they took out the knife, I was a little terrified. I was like, are we about to see somebody get fucking stabbed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but then they cut off a piece of her hair, and I was like, oh, I get it. It's like a trophy kind of thing, but oh, that's weird. It's the whole the whole gimmick of those two are very weird to me. At the same time, I'm just like intrigued to see where it goes. I don't think it's good. I just I'm just very intrigued to see where it goes. Yeah, me too. But I that just makes me want to have like Jazz come back and be a part of this mm-hmm. so that like we'll have a Jazz awesome Kong match where she can't cut off her hair cuz Jazz is bald. Um, that's what I want, but also the the fucking counterplay. Yeah. But also talking about squads, uh, I believe that music that Brandy Rhodes came out to it. I believe they said she squad or something like that. Um, Mm. Mm. which maybe, maybe we get a women's faction here. I don't know about the name there, but yeah, it's, it's sort of fine. It's just sort of like, yeah, it's okay. Just, it's it's kind of, it's kind of almost what the, it's kind of almost like they went with the first thing that came off the top of their head. Yeah, it definitely doesn't feel it can I be honest about the women's division AEW? What? So allegedly Kenny Omega runs the women's division. It that really just it really bold. just feels like he's running the Joshi stuff and then he just lets sort of let all the other American wrestler women just be like, "Okay, here you go." Uh, yeah, you, you you do whatever, I guess. Yeah, it's just sort of like I I don't I'm just that's hyper I'm not hyperbolizing. I'm just sort of like I don't know. It, it just feels like the American w- women's wrestlers are on the back burner. Mm-hmm. I don't know, like I don't know, Ali Leva Bates. I mean, Nyla Rose is doing some stuff, but that's gone. She's not in the title picture anytime soon. The next challenger is probably Hikaru Shida. Um. It just you know, I, I'm not upset about it. I'm not. Uh, don't get me wrong. I'm not wholly at all upset about it. I'm very much want Hikaru Shida to challenge for that title and win it. Um, but you know, like a lot of the American wrestlers, Sadie Gibbs, Ali, Leva Bates. I'm watching AEW Dark, and I'm just like, these girls need to work on their chops. I'm just not. You know, they're editing AEW Dark around Sadie Gibbs's mistakes. Yeah, it's very noticeable. <laughs> Yeah, it's um, so it's just I'm like you know I, I don't know what's happening here, but I don't think oh, the American wrestlers are ready, and I think maybe AEW realizes that. I don't know. I'm very intrigued about all the women's division stuff because it it feels like it needs some polishing. Um, I don't know what's happening there, but let's keep moving on and talk about a different division, and that is the tag team division where the AEW tag team champions. SCU, Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky, defeated, won that triple threat matchup, not sponsored by Taco Bell, uh, by defeating uh, Lucha Bros and, of course, pinning Private Party. Mikey, thoughts on this three-way matchup? Uh, it was really good. Uh, this was, this match was awesome. Uh, I had a really, like, fun time watching this. It was a lot of things happening. I think everyone came out looking great. Um and yeah it was really good yeah i I really like this matchup i thought it was really solid really good um a lot of a lot of goods throwing around here but it's it's really just a mix of good to great uh in this promotion in this in not this promotion but in this uh 
pay-per-view, which is, I think, the name of a solid pay-per-view. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I thought it was a good three-way match. Um, again, I think... I think, like, it's it was one of those matches, sort of like Young Bucks, Proud and Powerful, that, like, on paper, I thought it would be a little bit better, but it wasn't as... Maybe I just had too high of a standard, I guess. Uh, it didn't... I thought it was going to blow me away. But then I also look back to the Fight for the Fallen SCU versus Lucha Bros match, where that match didn't really blow me away at all. Mm-hmm. Like, that match was, like, fine. Yeah. Maybe that's what part of it is. But, uh, you know, I thought it was a solid throwing private party into that mix. I thought they did well. Um, I think the story makes sense. And plus, at the end of the match, we got the return of CD, the return of the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. Yeah, that was pretty cool. That spot was that spot was definitely interesting. I was very, I was like, I, I was legit, like, totally forgot about Christopher Daniels. I was like, who the hell is this guy? And he took for, it off. I was like, oh, damn. For a second. For a split second. My brain was like, it's not CM Punk, right? Oh, my God, Mike. You really were like, see, you're, you're a CM Punk outholder out guy? No, 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 no. I don't, listen, I don't think it's going to, uh, here, here's, here's my stance on this. I don't think it's ever going to happen. But if it does... I'm not against it. <laughs> I, I guess that's fair. I, I think maybe I'm in the same boat as you. Uh, I don't think it's ever going to happen in a million years, but if it happened, I'd be like, okay, cool. You know? Yeah. You'll come in, have some good I'm not, matches. I'm not going to be like, I'm not going to be like, ah, oh, no, we don't want him anymore. It's like, all right, I'll take him back. Yeah. He'll be like a Chris Jericho where he like show up, Knock us a few skulls. Give us... The problem is, is like the character of CM Punk is too probably close to maybe like a John Moxley-esque Stone Cold type. It's like, I don't know where you... This guy doesn't really fit in this promotion almost. Yeah. Um, Ranking-wise, SCU, of course, are the champs, so they're number one. Lucha Bros drop down to number five, while Private Party drop to number eight. Mikey, what was your meatball rating of this match? I gave this There's... match a four meatball rating. Four, the spice levels are four out of five. I gave this a 3.25. I was less on this match than you were. Again, though, like I'm saying, like all of these matches are like good. Mm-hmm. Like all of these matches are like very much solid to me. I, yeah, definitely. You know, this, I, I, I like it. I like the stuff that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Let's keep chugging along. Next up, of course, we had the women's AEW Women's Championship match with Riho defending her title against Emi Sakura, her teacher, Emi Sakura. Uh, and, of course, Riho successfully defended said title. Mikey, thoughts? Uh, this match was this match was good. Uh, wasn't great, but I did like it a lot. Um, at, uh, Emi getting emotional in the beginning made me almost cry oh have if you if you've checked our twitter lately you can see my feelings on that no oh, mikey it was like yeah. she's just so proud of them yeah that, that that really is a story is that she's just so proud of where you know both the two of them are but even more proud of a, a teacher being proud of a student being like man she is she is next level now 
Yeah, exactly. It's like, oh my god, she's so proud of where they, how far they've both come. It's so cute. <laughs> um, let's talk about. So there was, uh, I guess, the more more controversial piece about this match, Mikey, was the the creation of it. Um, a lot of people, a lot of people, um, uh, including me, probably, uh, sort of are down on this match, uh, before it started, mainly because of, I, I guess you could say the lack of build that this match had, or the, you know, the level of Emi Sakura, um, mm-hmm. uh, what were your, what are your thoughts on that part? What are your thoughts about this? What were your thoughts about going into this match? You know, how did you feel about the match, the story that they were saying? How do you feel about it all? Um, I thought it was good. I liked it. I liked the uh, the student versus teacher aspect of it. I liked the like Riho like beating her teacher and like that whole thing. I thought that was very good. Mm-hmm. So you thought the build up to this match was good? Um, the build to this match was minimal. <laughs> I liked the story they were trying to do. But um, they could have executed it better if they built it longer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, personally, I think all you could have done to fix that part would have been like, instead of announcing the match before the tag match on AEW Dynamite, just have Emi Sakura pin Riho. And then announce it. And then announce it. And like, okay, cool. Perfect. There, there we go. Money in the bank right there. Riho, of course, as champion number one in the rankings. Emi Sakura dropping down to, where is her name? To 13 out of 19 women. Okay. Yeah, Emi Sakura is not that high to begin with, so her winning, getting this opportunity was weird. Uh, But I did think that match was good. Uh, I think it match, I'll be honest, Bryce Rensburg sort of, slightly, ruined this match for me. Um, I still think the match was good, there was obvious like and the audience obviously also picked it up on it uh bryce rensberg made a mistake in the count uh where it felt like he he like did he counted one and then stopped and then two more uh and then everyone in the audience was like that's a three count you just did a three count (laughs) um so that was weird um and it was like and the problem with it is that he did that as the closing stretch of the match started. So it was like, I was getting like distracted by like, what the hell was that Bryce? And then the match ended and I was like, okay, cool. It was a great closing finish, but it was just like the start of it. It was like you, it was like winning an NASCAR race at number one and, and you know, in you know, number one, but, uh, your the start of the race was just bad. Yeah. You know, the final lap, your car breaks down. And just like, well, you still did it. It's just, you know, still good. But, you know, it's just sort of like, well, you know, besides this blemish, um, in my opinion. Listen, man, I don't want to talk about cars breaking down right now. Ooh, ooh, Mikey, you got some first-hand experience today, didn't you? Yeah. That was rough. So, Mikey, Um, I gave this a a three out of five meatballs and the spice levels. What were you thinking? uh, Yeah, I gave it the same. It was good. It was again another solid match. Mm-hmm. Um, another solid match. Another solid I, match. I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give Bryce. I'm gonna give Bryce Remsburg five stars for the beginning, for when Emmy pointed the mic at him, and he and he was funny. 
Bryce Rensburg is the funniest referee. I want to see more of him in Orange Cassidy. Did you see? Did I, you see what he did when? Uh, and he was like, "Look, the mic," and he like, gig- he like did like that that like giggle, and it was like hilarious. It was hilarious to me. Mm-hmm. He's the best. He's just his comedic timing's great. It's just when he, when he put the sunglasses back on Orange Cassidy, that was like the kicker. Yeah, or like his reactions to moves. I think he's a great referee. It's just also it's like this is the second botch he's done. In two weeks, mm-hmm. his first, what was the first? Thing, the first was being uh, was the finish to Pac versus Trent Beretta. Nope, not a botch. Not oh a botch. yeah, I forgot you. you f- not a botch. You... I refuse to believe it's a botch. He listen. Pac let go- Pac stop the pin, so Bryce stopped counting. <laughs> like Pac got up, stopped the pin, so he could put Trent in the brutalizer. He wanted to make him sleep he didn't want to pin him he wanted to make it hurt more that's Pac moving on to the next matchup it was Chris Jericho defending him successfully defending his AEW World Heavyweight Championship versus Cody where MJF threw in the towel forfeiting Cody uh, which also means that because Cody has forfeited he will never challenge for the AEW World Heavyweight Championship again because of that loss. Mikey, thoughts? Two things. First off, I think the throwing in the towel ending was very good. Agreed. And I think they should have held off MJF's heel turn. Uh... Which brings me to my second thing. Fuck you, MJF. <laughs> it sounds like the heel turn worked, Mikey. Oh, it listen, it worked. I think it would have benefited from uh letting it sit a little longer because I I liked I was really a fan of it just I was like really into the ending of like MJF just throwing in the towel and just that was and that being it. Mm-hmm. him just being like i'm sorry cody like i couldn't see, like like you were like you're my best friend i couldn't see you get... it's like damn okay like for me that gave mjf more like depth for a second you know like while while he was faking it i guess i was like damn okay he's got some depth to him and then he kicked cody in the nuts and i was like oh never mind I think i think i slightly agree with you i think if anything that heel turn should have been on dynamite i agree it have have it MJF should have waited a, like maybe a week or two. Have MJF and Cody sit. come out, do a promo spot. Cody talks about you know I'm you know I am management. I gave this announcement. I gave this stipulation to the match. You know, although I wasn't pinned, although I didn't give up, MJF on my behalf did forfeit the match, and you know I do have to honor that. You know, I, I don't necessarily maybe I, I talk to MJF. I don't we don't necessarily agree with it. But I thought I should have kept going. But he, had I my, do... but he had my best intentions at heart. Like, stuff, shit like that. Yeah, shit like that. Be, baby face it up. Yeah. Um, He's my friend, and I trust him. And then MGF fucking kicking the balls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that, that... And then MGF cuts a scathing promo on him. Oh, definitely. Dude, but can we just talk about how that one fan threw a beer at him, and it was just, like, the perfect timing... And it made MJ it made MJF look so much more badass coming out of that ring, just covered in beer or water or whatever it was. There's discussion on whether or not that was a plant of a fan. 
I don't care. Uh, that that's either way. That's, it was very good. That is a promo package material for the next decade. Yeah. Uh, that that is what you need. Just, uh, his, just after he got hit with it, him just like looking into the crowd and then looking back at the camera and that having that like big stupid grin on his face. Oh, it was so mm-hmm. good. It was so he, good. He knew he knew it was money. He was like, yeah, exactly, that's exactly. Right he, and he got hit with it and he was like, oh, this is fantastic. I just want I just want I'm calling to you the fans of whoever the next city is. I don't know off the top of my head right now. To when MJF does come out, throw garbage at him. Just Every, you know, just throw garbage this, at him. Who cares? All of a sudden everyone at ringside is just ejected. I don't care. Do it. There's no one at ringside anymore because the entire ringside audience got rejected. You you can't eject all of the fans. <laughs> it's like one of those Facebook events where it's like throw garbage and everybody throw garbage at MJF. They can't eject all of us. Yeah, it's just Area 51 logic. You can't exactly. eject everybody. So just everybody. Look at fucking the, the Hulk Hogan kick, heel they turn. They can't kick us all out. Yeah, it's like any moment. It's like throwing cash in the ring, a luchador events. Or having you see that, that ring, throwing chairs in the ring. Yeah, having that fan involvement will make it special. Have have MJF the the human garbage of a person. Uh, have live in his own filth. Yeah, that'd be cool. And that that's you know that's that's money right there. Do it, fans of whatever city you are. I'm calling on you all to do such a thing but let's talk about the match itself mikey we talked a lot about mjf let's talk about the match itself i thought that dive to the outside by cody where he planted hard god i stood up and walked away from the tv for a second that was rough that was rough i thought he i thought he was done i thought he broke his fucking neck like i thought that was it i thought i thought cody died (laughs) like oh my god that that tope suicida to the outside, cracking open his eyebrow. Uh, I saw one comment on Reddit that was just like, "Well, that match was fast after Cody did that." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, Cody Rhodes. I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know how he kept going after that. That looked. That looked rough. Not only that, he also like suffered slightly of like a rib injury as well. You know, just like as Jr. played up on commentary. Um, yeah, it was brutal. That was a brutal spot. It was definitely the the theme of full gear seemed to be pressure. People, what will you do when you're under pressure? Will you f- crumble or will you become a diamond? And yeah. uh, I think if MJF wasn't there, you know, you know, Brandy's off doing her own thing. Dustin has a broken hand, but so apparently he can't be at ringside. Yeah. Um, uh, if MJF wasn't there, I think Cody would have turned himself into a diamond and became the AEW World Heavyweight Champion. Yeah, it definitely looked like he wasn't gonna. He was not giving that match up. Mm-hmm. Pharaoh would have been a better second than MJF, honestly. No, 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 no! Do not bring Pharaoh near all those fireworks. Not again. Well, have bring him out after the fireworks, Mikey. That dog was scared, man. Bring it out like so. Chris Jericho comes out first, then Cody comes out, and when all the fireworks are done, have Pharaoh walk out. Have him just have Pharaoh. Can Pharaoh get his own entrance music? Or That's what I'm talking about. Have Pharaoh get his own entrance music. Have him be the fourth judge. <laughs> I think I think Pharaoh would be a little biased. 
Also, I love how they flew out Kejimoto, the great Muda, just to sit in a chair. Yep. I love they, it. They flew him out to give him front row seats. Yeah, for one match. <laughs> well, what was your meatball rating on this matchup, Mikey? This matchup, I gave a 4.5. I thought it was really good. And if Pharaoh was there, if Pharaoh was involved? As if Pharaoh was involved and he wasn't scared... And if the match, if that whole thing took place in the Tokyo Dome, six and a half, baby. Davy melts. <laughs> May, sorry, maybe delts. <laughs> I gave this match a three point seven five. Like I said, very, very, very good. Uh, I didn't break the great threshold on this match. Um, maybe I was being rough on AEW. Thinking back, because uh, there were a lot of good things. This is the first. I, know, ta- I feel I, like I, this match could have been way better, but I feel like a lot of it was them taking it slow after Cody almost broke his neck. I thought that was good. I just think it was just it had a slow start. Then that happened, and they it, picked- it looked like as soon as the match was about to pick up and like start start getting like those fast paced like spots and stuff. That's when Cody hurt himself, and they had to continue taking it slow. So the whole match just kind of felt like it never actually clicked, I guess. Well, knowing Cody, that was on purpose. Yeah. You know, the blood was on purpose. It's a fuck, It's Cody Rhodes. When he has a big moment match, someone's going to bleed. Cody's just like, well, I don't know how to bust myself open. without." He's like, how do I bust myself open without a bad blade job? Let's see. The hard way it is. Uh, all right, dive, dive into the steel. Here we go. Well, as, as we all know, the roads are born Whee! with weak eyebrows. Um, yeah, so I, I think that was on purpose. But it was like, it was a slow start. That happened. And because you had to play that up, it was just dragged out a le- little bit more. Um, it felt like, it, it, to me, it should have been like, if I, if, if I was structuring the match, a guy that's never wrestled in his life before, I think it should have been a high octane start, you know, big, big ass start. This was like almost not really a blood feud, but like it definitely had like th- they wanted to fight. Right. Um, So, so based on like some of the backstage brawling, you know, that happened, you know, uh, others, I feel like, you know, have them fight. Then Tope suicided to the outside. Cody bust himself open. The match slows down, right? Now it's like, oh crap. Chris Jericho takes advantage, really melts in this uh enjoyment of hurting Cody even more. Yeah. And then just, you know, slowly build into that white towel. But yeah, I I that that's that's what I would have done. Cause then cause then you start out high and then get slow and go from there. Um but also, you know, the, I mean even then this match I don't think broke thirty minutes. It was twenty nine minutes, so you know it wasn't a mar it was I guess still a little bit of a marathon. What do I know? I'm not a wrestler. But uh you know I think it could have been better. I think it could have been better. Okay, moving into what is the unsanctioned main event. It was John Moxley defeating Kenny Omega in the unsanctioned lights out match. Very controversial of a match. Reminds me almost about the Joker controversy about whether or not we should approve of the matches like this. Um, but it is a death match, so death matches have its own place in wrestling, um, in art, I guess. Uh, Mikey, 
uh thoughts on this match did you love it did you hate it are you with renee young or are you with um i don't know uh abdullah the butcher jonathan moxley you owe your wife an apology (laughs) that poor woman was going through so much oh my god she she had she had a, a a hatred spewing out on twitter I don't think it was a hatred. I think it was just I'm worried for my husband and holy I, shit, what is he doing? Well, there was I think there was a line of hate. It's like anger you're not young there. anymore. Yeah, um Well, in a way he is. If he took his wife's name, he would be. Fuck I can off. hear you rolling your eyes. Fuck off. <laughs> um so so it sounded like did so what are your thoughts on the match itself? Do you like that? This match was insanity Mm -hmm. i don't know how many times i had to like turn away or like i cringed really hard one point i literally stood up and just walked across the room and i was like i cannot believe that just happened Mm -hmm. on in front of my fucking eyeballs (laughs) yeah this match was not so but so it was it was a lot of nuts of butso. It was it, there were moments it, near the ending of the match. I was just like, it was like watching, not say, I don't want to say like watching a horror movie, but it was definitely it's like, like you it's know, like it's like it's like you're driving along the highway and you see a big car accident and you can't look away. Exactly, same exact idea. It's just like an uh, that the things that they were doing, the the glass, the barbed wire. Oh the, my god, Moxley. Can we just talk about how badass Moxley crawling through the glass to get to the ropes was? That was the moment for me. That was like, oh my god, that was fucking hardcore. That was the the stat, just that story of like you know the whole match had its own story, but that minimal story of you know, um, pop up spinebuster into you know sit out pop up spinebuster into the glass into the same glass that. Uh, Moxley put Omega through on like episode one of AEW um, or of, of, of Dynamite, I should say. Um, pop up Spinebuster into the glass. Kenny Omega drags him through it on his back. Sharpshooter. Then to get out of the sharpshooter, John Moxley has to crawl through that same glass. That I feel just, so bad for the ref who had to keep counting on top of the broken glass. Yeah, shouts out to Paul Turner who did his <laughs> best. Paul Turner who counted, who who was who was just like every time he had to get a count, he was like, "Well, here we go." What? Even out, Paul, Tur- two, Paul Turner out. himself. Paul Turner himself was selling this match really great. I don't, I don't know if he ever got glass in it, but he sold that great. Or even the end of the match where he's just like. Come on, guys! This is enough. <laughs> this, yeah. Please, he's like begging them. So he's like, please, I don't want to do this anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got to talk about that bed of barbed wire. That was the the, the what they the spider web of barbed wire they called it. Mm-hmm. That was that was this. Remember how I said I got up and had to walk across the room and be like, "What the hell?" That was that spot. That spot got me. It was oh. <sighs> when they pulled that at, when. The Bucks and Paige pulled that out. I was terrified. Yeah, that was that was a terrifying spot for the, for them. It's just that whole match was just up and down, left to right. Great. Can we in just my talk, opinion, can we just talk about just how brutal? <laughs> <laughs> like just barbed wire in general. 
brutal. This, Kenny, this Omega, match is... Kenny Omega sweeping John Moxley's back with barbed wire. <laughs> oh my god! With a barbed wire broom, that was awesome, but also horrifying. The yeah, I love, table, I love how this full of mouse traps. I love how like this build was just so much like they they never actually used the barbed wire broom or bat until this match. Yeah, that first when Kenny Omega got the broom and the first time he whacked Moxley with it, where he was about to like dive out of the ring. Oh, on the, the right on the back of the right on the back of the head, right that, back of the head. Yeah. dude, that was rough. Yeah, the way he was, the way he, the way Mox was shaking afterwards, and the blood was just like coming out of the back of his head. I was just like, "Oh my god!" Mm-hmm. It was, it was something else. This match, it was something else. Now, um, obviously, the controversy of this match is that a lot of people felt that uh, it was too much. It was too violent. Mikey, where do you stand on the... Do you think this match was too much violence, or was it, you know, it was a death match? It's just like art art is art, I guess. So, this is my thoughts on this match. The build was amazing, because it was like... Moxley went to Japan to live in Kenny's world, and Kenny was having unsanctioned matches against Janela to live in Moxley's world. Mm-hmm. So they can get a feel for each other and then kenny was like oh you moxley made sense that he was this brutal because he literally cut that promo on tony khan and he was like fine you want to do this to your boy that's fine i'll take it out on him then this is your fault yep and then kenny was like fine you want to go to that dark place we'll go to that dark place and kenny showed a side of himself i can't i don't even know what i'm saying because i'm like i'm saying this like i've watched been watching kenny omega for like my entire life fuck it (laughs) (laughs) um but i never i never thought of kenny omega as like i always thought of kenny omega as greatest wrestler in the world you know like he's a wrestler never thought of him to be in matches like this i never would have pictured him in a hardcore in an unsanctioned match with john moxley in a death match pretty much yeah all we needed were actual glass tubes and i think we know you know, shout out to Zanth. Uh Yeah, no, it was it was insane. It was insane. Table of traps was still very good. Uh, looking at the ranking system, of course, the ranking system for system check, this Ocelot ranking system, it does take an effect on sanctioned matches. The records don't reflect it, but uh, my I, I, my Ocelot rankings, I do reflect that sort of unsanctioned match because you know he's still it's a big win to get a win over Kenny Omega, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in that case, John Moxley, number four out of 24, you know, right behind Adam Page, mm-hmm. uh, with Kenny Omega, number nine out of 24. Kenny Omega behind the likes of Sean Spears, MJF, and Sonny Kiss. Jeez. Who would have expected it? That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah, Mikey, I gave this match a four meatballs. This is the only match that broke the four meatballs for me. What was this match for you? This match was uh, definitely a four and a half. It just, it just, it took it to the next, four and a half to 4.75, because this match just took it to the next level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was definitely, I can see people saying it was too violent and stuff, but at the same time, I'm sort of sitting here being like, look, it's a death match, folks. You knew what you signed up for when you were going to watch this. 
Yeah. You know, if like, you that was like this is what they were gonna they were gonna kill each other. Like we knew this was gonna happen. They were they want to murder each other. And you know, we saw the fighter fest match of Joey Janela. We knew barbed wire was probably gonna be in play. Barbed wire. There was tax. Like we knew all this stuff is is possible. You know, like we've seen the hardcore spots before. And did they ramp that up? Certainly. Certainly they were going to ramp that up. You should have expected that. It met my expectations in terms of violence, I guess you could say. Yeah, it did. Um, yeah, so that is full gear. We have effectively reviewed full gear. Um, you know, I think, yeah, like we said, top down, good, good show. Very much worth it. Uh, if you get the chance, I would definitely recommend watching it. And for whatever reason you haven't, you know, um, mm-hmm. just so just all around very good. Um, you ever think about how lucky we are that we get to see Kenny Omega and John Moxley together fighting in a ring together? No, it is wild, wild idea. The fact, just I, w- I was thinking about it the other day. It's just like it, it's it's never gonna get old. Like it's it's so surreal to me now as a wrestling, like as like a like when I used to be such a WWE mark, and that was it. It's so surreal to me that now I'm seeing the the legend, the myth that was Kenny Omega on TV every week. Like it's buck wild to me. Yeah, it, it, the independent wrestler viewer that is Mikey Manfredi has definitely been birthed, and he is going through his own golden age. Yes, I am excited about what's in store. Of course, uh, system do a little bit of a preview. Uh, I guess you could say Mikey of system check as we know of it tonight at Monday, uh, before AEW, there are a couple things. I just want to get your quick thoughts, thoughts on it. Mikey, uh, we're going to have that fourth match. What they also are calling a rubber match. Don't know why they call it. Well, I guess it's a fit. Is it? No, it's not even rubber. It is the fourth match. Is it? Is this hold on, I don't even know anymore. Anyways, we're going to get Hangman Page versus Pac once again. Um it's, on, uh, it's not a rubber match, it's a plastic match. The plastic thing, yes, it is the plastic match. Um this is the plastic match coming up. We also have, of course, we have um uh Chris Jericho and Sammy Guevara challenging for the AEW tag team championships. Um, apparently I'm just seeing this now. Uh, we have, uh, Santana Ortiz, proud and powerful taking on the rock and roll express. Interesting. I I'm just, I'm just seeing this now. This is all coming from AEW dub, uh, on Twitter. Yeah. So they're saying that match as well. Um, along with those other three, honestly, insane if true um i wouldn't be surprised big if true big if true uh but mikey those are the three matches we know about in terms of aew moving forward thoughts thoughts on that i'm excited to see where aew goes on its first comeback show that's the return home the return home yes we had to go Uh, home and now we have the return home if you can make some quick predicts uh what would your predictions be uh, in those three matches? Yes. Proud and Powerful win. Uh, SCU wins. And uh, what was the other one? Adam Page versus Pac. I think 
that match gets interrupted by the super bad squad. <laughs> I think it gets interrupted by um, either Inner Circle or MJF. Interesting. I'm excited to see what happens. And uh, and we'll see what happens on AEW Dynamite on TNT. So stay tuned for that, folks. And thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's episode of System Check, where we reviewed Full Gear. I have to thank my co-host, Mikey Manfredi, uh, for joining me on this episode. Uh, Mikey, uh, where can people find you? Where what? Any shouts out, final words? Mikey, you have the floor. Um, well, in 2020, uh, joining System Check, uh, we'll have Mikey's Indie 500, where I'll be watching 500 indie wrestling matches, um, and I need suggestions, so start sending those in to, uh, start sending those in to us on Twitter. Uh, you can tweet at us at HitTheBooksPod, tweet at me directly at MikeyM133, or both, um, and use the hashtag HTB500. Yes, yes, definitely get those recommendations in. He's accepting, Mikey, if I'm not mistaken, you're accepting everything except for, obviously, AEW, WWE, uh, as well as New Japan. Am I, not, am I right with that? Yes, everything else is free game. Yeah, so get those get those match recommendations in. They could be any year, right? They could be any yeah, year, any time I period. Do not, do not care. Yes, but get those in to Mikey. And of course, if you want more, you can subscribe to this feed. If you like what you heard today, you can subscribe. We'll be back next week with the proper, I guess you could say, system check preview episode for AEW Dynamite um, uh, when we return. So if you want to subscribe, you can subscribe to the podcast feed of choice. You can subscribe on the podcast app uh, for iTunes, for Apple, I guess you could say. Uh, and if you want more uh, of Mikey and I, you can listen to the other show, Hit the Books, um, which is a realistic fantasy booking podcast uh, where we, you know, we write the storylines, the promos, the matches, the outcomes, all those things, uh, and try to make it as realistic possible, you know, with injuries and all these things uh, that can affect us. So I would definitely recommend if you, if you like sort of like the GM mode of WB Games or Universe mode, uh, it's sort of like that. Except uh, we have full control, full reign, except, I guess, when the randomizer wants to destroy us. So you can listen to that show if you subscribe to this feed, and those will come out every Friday. If you like what you heard today, you can also uh, uh, rate uh, on the podcast app, rate, give us five meatballs, which we would truly appreciate it. And you can follow us on Twitter at HitTheBooksPod. Again, I want to thank Mikey Manfredi so much for joining me. I have been your host, Ryan Knightsey. Uh Until next time, folks... Please stay elite.